0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Back to the Basics from Coach Stone Football. 2021 is the year to go back to the basics with Coach Stone Football Drill Manual Series. It has a combined 300-plus football drills and over 4,000 pages of football intelligence. All of the content within the Football Drill Manual Series builds on each other to offer consistent coaching while laying a foundation. Let's face it, 2020 was not easy for any of us to navigate sports. Whether or not you were fortunate enough to have a season or if your season was put on hold until this year, now is the time to go back to the basics to lay a foundation for 2021. Also new in 2021, the Coach Stone Football Coaching Magazine with four issues this year with some of the best podcasters in the business today. Also one Back to the Basics International Gridiron Football Magazine representing 12 different countries with each article, not only in English, but also in the native language of the coach who wrote that article. For more information, go to www.CoachStoneFootball.com. Again, that's www.CoachStoneFootball.com. All Armchair Coaching Podcast episodes have been edited by Coach James Heath. Follow Coach James Heath on Twitter at jrockfordheath. And if you are interested in starting your own podcast, contact Coach Heath, and he will help you get set up with everything that you need for podcasting. Thank you, Coach Heath. I couldn't do it without you, brother. Welcome back to the Armchair Coaching Podcast. We are once again talking our 2021 college football conference previews. We are on the second episode of the Big 12, so this will be episode number six. um, And we are going to be talking about the top four. Uh, at least what we call the Big Four and the Big 12. So last time, just kind of a quick review, we talked about the bottom six as of the uh, records of last season. We talked uh, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas State, West Virginia, TCU. Then we talked about some dark horse picks of anyone who might be able to compete with the top four, which we're going to talk about today. And so when we talk about top four, at least in recent history, we're talking Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, as well as Iowa State. And so we are going to talk a little bit about the Texas Longhorns first. Yes, I am a Texas Longhorns fan, unashamed about that. Uh, well, actually, I am a little bit of ashamed about that a little bit, just to be totally honest. But wearing the Texas shirt that – thank you, Coach Banster, for buying this for me. This was a lovely shirt. I really appreciate that. Got to represent. Um. So Texas just got a new head coach. Um I don't know why I'm having brain fart. Not Tom Herman anymore. Jesus, are you serious? <laughs> Sarkeesian. <laughs> like just roll tide. I just got a roll tide. All right. So, um, we do have a new head coach. We've had a couple of head coaches in the past couple of years, uh, not quite reaching what a lot of people think is Texas's potential. Uh, whether or not Texas is a sleeping giant is another discussion that we can have later. Um But here is Texas' schedule. And if you look at it, it doesn't look like it's necessarily an easy schedule. Um, So the first game at home versus uh, Louisiana Lafayette, we talked that we had that discussion when we talked about the Sun Belt. Uh, At Arkansas, that's going to be a tough game. Home versus Rice, home versus Texas Tech at TCU, home versus Oklahoma, or not not, not a home game. That's a, uh, you know, pseudo away game there uh at home versus Oklahoma State at Baylor at Iowa State home versus Kansas at West Virginia and then home versus Kansas State so I'm gonna go last because I have some strong opinions about Texas um whether or not they're good opinions or not and I'm probably getting roasted right now in the chat but I'm gonna (laughs) let coach Steve go first what are your thoughts on Texas this year
1: Um, they will be better under Steve Sarkeesian than they were with Tom Herman. Um, if Sarkeesian can take what he learned from his other coaching stops and what he's learned at Alabama over to Texas, they'll be okay. Now this year he does not have his recruits in, but I think that, He what he learned at Alabama. If anybody's watched his clinic stuff, he's the offense is more formational and shifting, but the plays are actually very simple to learn. So if he can get them into the system, they'll be just. I think they'll be okay. But Texas has been down a little bit. That's a place that should never be down. Um, They have the money. They even they have Nick Saban money. You know, like so realistically, they should be good. So hopefully, Sarkeesian can get it rolling. But this year will be a uh, interesting year. I have them going seven and five. Um, have them winning their first game. Now that being said, I do have Arkansas coming in with the upset because they surprised me last year. With at Arkansas, I think uh, coach it's Coach Pittman, right? Yeah, he's there. He's he did really good with them last year. Um, speaking of Art Bryos, his son is the OC there. So, having that type of offense come in with those type of players that were at Arkansas and doing decently well. Um, I have Arkansas with the upset. Now, I'm not going to be shocked if Texas wins that game. Um, Texas will beat Rice. I think we all can agree to that. Um, Texas will beat Texas Tech. Um, I do have TCU if you want to call that an upset with Texas. Again, Texas could come in and win that game. Um, I have Oklahoma winning. I have Oklahoma State winning. Um, I do have Texas, if you want to call it an upset, on Baylor. Um, I put Iowa State to beat Texas. Now, that one I am not confident picking, but they could win. Um, Texas being Kansas, Texas being West Virginia. Then I have Texas being Kansas State. And despite of Coach Bennett, I think Texas – you know, if Sarkeesian, by that time, they should have a grasp on the offense. So I think they could come in and do some things. Now, seven and five, it could be lower, but it could be as high as nine wins. Um, just depends on what kind of athletes are still there. What, what, what can Sarkeesian get out of them? And then here in the next couple of years, if they get it rolling, Texas, might be back on the map. Um, but we'll see. This will be an interesting year for Sarkeesian. Um, but yeah, I think seven and five, I think, is their low point.
0: Yeah, I kind of have to agree with you there. All right, I'm going to go with Coach Heath next. Coach Heath, what are your thoughts on Texas? You guys are roasting me on the chat here. I gotta
2: check that out. All right, so um, anybody that knows me and knows me well enough to know, I I finished these picks and had Texas at nine wins and I threw up a little uh, simply because I, I just think that um, either either I'm going to be right or or I'm really stupid right now I, I don't know which one but nine wins for the Texas team I, makes me think that I'm probably more on the side of, of stupid because Sark is great don't get me wrong Sark is great but I don't right. know if he can get them to the nine wins I mean that would be coach of the year type stuff in some ways um, but yeah, you know, I've got them opening it as 4 uh, 0, losing to TCU, uh, you know, and then losing it to, to Oklahoma, beating Oklahoma State, uh, beating Baylor, uh, losing to Iowa State because it's at Iowa State. Of course, beating Kansas because, you know, everyone beats Kansas. Um, if you haven't figured that out yet from the last episode, then uh, you listen to it again. But um, you know, beating West Virginia, even though it's at West Virginia, and then K, you know, K State. So I, you know, the thing is, we talked about the, the front end of the schedule. Uh, if you listen to the Sun Belt episode, we talked a little bit about uh, Louisiana. You know what what could happen with uh, that first game off the bat? And I know we all pick Texas, but um, you know that could be a real interesting game. And again. And I keep repeating myself. There are some games that are going to open up, um, you know, with for new coaches, and Sark has won. I mean, he could have his hands full uh, against Louisiana, you know, straight up. So um, I don't think Arkansas is a pushover either. You know, that game is at Arkansas. So I still have him at nine wins. Uh, I'm not confident in nine wins, though. And if I'm telling you the truth – I don't want it to be nine wins. I like Sark, but I – horns down to Texas. Uh, I I do not like Texas, and so if they got the nine wins, I would probably be
3: unhappy even though I'd be right.
0: All right. uh, Coach Banstra.
3: scared. I'm not going to repeat what I said in the chat, even though I I was half tempted just to start going off the John F. Kennedy speech on why Rice plays Texas, but I'm going to ignore the why go to the moon speech. Um uh I, I mean I pretty much have it similar to you guys are eight and four. I mean they're gonna lose to Arkansas. Uh, they should start two and one, probably three and one, three and two, somewhere in there. Um, I have them upsetting Oklahoma because I, I, I made this comment before we came on. It's just if if Steve Sarkeesian wants to change the title at all, he's gotta find a way to win that football game. Like you have you have to beat Oklahoma, to change the change of perception. Because right now you are losing recruits to everybody. Mm-hmm. Big 10 teams, SEC teams. I mean, you you lost out on a five-star receiver the other day to SMU. That should not ever happen if you're Texas. Texas has the largest football, actually, athletic budget in all of college athletics. They bring in the most income. There is no reason they shouldn't compete, and yet they, can, they have not since Mac Brown was forced out. So... They got to figure it out. I think eight and four doesn't really fix the problem. But if you could beat Oklahoma in the process, it might. Other than that, like, I mean, it's pretty much the same as everybody else. And um, I just, I mean, I don't know what Sheffer's smoking to say they have a hard start of the year. I mean, they should start two and one. Um, And really, you could argue they might be able to hit three and oh, depending on how Arkansas is playing.
0: All right. Well, Coach Bennett's also in agreement at eight and four. Um, I am also at eight and four. And when I, whatever I am smoking, when I say they have a difficult start, I'm not talking about Rice. Let's get that straight here. I'm not talking about Rice. They should <laughs> beat Rice. Should beat Rice. Um, so, I feel <sighs> like we got that straight.
3: They're seventy three uh, and twenty one against Rice. Rice has won one game since, since ninety four. Actually, really one game since. 66. They Their second win was in 65. So Rice has won two times since my mother has been alive. Release the chat.
0: So here's my, here's my thing about as a Texas fan. I'm not going to say I've been a Texas fan for very long because I was in middle school when uh, they won in 2005 with Vince Young. Okay. So uh, – That was what got me into, uh, rooting for Texas. So yes, I was a bandwagon, but I've been on that bandwagon ever since. Um, ever since that time, they were good under Colt McCoy and they had a shot versus Alabama to win another national title. And they did, um, whether or not that was because Colt McCoy's shoulder got blown up in the first couple plays of the game, or they just weren't that good. Who knows? Um, Ever since that time, they have not been up to that kind of par. Uh, now, Texas fans seem to think that Texas is a sleeping giant. It just is going to take the right type of coach to uh, make them the next Alabama. In my personal opinion, uh, being a Texas fan, um, I would equate them to someone like Michigan, in my personal opinion. Uh, yes, they do have a lot of wins overall because they played for quite a long time. And yes, they have won a couple championships here and there, but they have never, at least not in a long time, have they been a dynasty? They have not been an Alabama dynasty in a long time. They have not been what Clemson is becoming you know, a dynasty, what Ohio state is. They're a dynasty. I will admit Ohio state's a dynasty football wise. They haven't been that. And they probably won't. <laughs> I, There's just too much pressure with all the money that they have. There's too much pressure to succeed. I don't see it happening. And okay. Let me just go through last year's schedule. And this is what happens to them every year. So they start off hot. They beat someone like UTEP, 59 to three. Last season. And then they go to a game versus Texas tech that they should win handily. And they almost lose it. They should have won- lost this game. Based. If you watched it, it ended up being a 63 to 56 final overtime. How in the world do you do that with uh, Texas tech? Uh, they lose to TCU. Like they do every other year. They lose to Oklahoma. They beat Baylor. Barely beat Oklahoma state barely beat West Virginia, lose to Iowa State by a field goal because apparently, I, you know, culture defeats, you know, talent, according to uh, the Iowa State coach and staff. Um, they beat Kansas State 69 to 31. I don't know how that happened. And then they beat Colorado 55 to 23. And you know what they did after right after that game? They fired their head coach after saying they were going to keep him. So Texas is kind of a mess. There's too much pressure, too much money, too many boosters have too much say. I don't see them any better than an eight and four team this year, especially with a new coach, new system, new staff, new quarterback that they're going to have to break in whether or not he's going to be the starter for the next couple of years or not, or they're going to have to find somebody else. Uh, So I have them beating Louisiana in the first game. I am not confident in that pick. Somebody just posted a, uh, Link in the chat. I can't uh, go on that right now while I'm talking. I'm assuming that's Coach Banstra. (laughs) Um, Fail, too. I'm honestly – I'm picking Arkansas to beat them. I think Arkansas is improving. They're going to be at Arkansas. I think Texas is still going to try to figure out who they are. I have them winning versus Rice. I have them winning versus Texas Tech. I have them beating TCU this year because they lost to them last season. I do have them losing to Oklahoma, beating Oklahoma State, losing to Baylor. I had I said that in the last episode. I think that's a, an upset pick. I think Baylor's gonna beat them this year. Losing to Iowa State again. I think Iowa State's gonna be improved. Um I think they could beat Kansas, but hey, Kansas has come close in a couple games this past season. Didn't Kansas beat them one year? I think they did. Like two a couple years ago when Bouchelle was the quarterback. I'm pretty sure they did. I can't remember off the top of my head.
1: Didn't Kansas be in last
0: year? Not last year. year No, No, it was one. They didn't even play Kansas this past season. Might have been the season before. Our buddy uh, Brent Derming,
2: I think he gave him a run for the money, though, right? Yeah. Years ago? He did.
3: Year one is when – year one with Derming – was when they kind of were able to make their shot and everybody was be able to prepare and then COVID hit. COVID really hurt Jeremy and put in his offense. He wasn't ever able to put in his full offense because, I mean, hell, I think there's various periods. I don't think – I don't know if Kansas ever had a full team throughout last year. Probably not.
1: Oh, Texas being by two in 2019, that's what it was. 50 to
0: 48. There you go. Let me see what this is that Coach Banstra sent us.
3: The link to the Rice T-shirt that's on sale and, and that you can order. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Yeah, I'm a Rice fan now after
1: this conversation. Let's,
3: let's go Owls.
1: Can I change my pick? Rice. Hey, I,
0: I will say, I uh, I know we were going off topic here with Rice. I did listen to, I can't remember. Who, I think it was uh, Run the Power. They had the off- one of the offensive line coaches at Rice talking, and he actually was at Stanford for a while. Uh, and so they were talking about Stanford offense, and I was
3: really enjoying that one, but, you know, it's still Rice. Um, They hired a bunch of the Kansas and Stanford guys, and then he fired like a third of his staff this offseason because, well, they haven't won yet. So he brought in uh, Marcus Pope. I can never say Marcus's last name – to be his OC. Um, But, yeah, I'm not even going to try to say his last name again because I'm just going to butcher it, and it's going to be embarrassing. Former USC quarterback? Yep. Is that right? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, my overall point, yes, I'm a Texas fan. I would be happy, more than happy to be wrong about this if they go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. But I don't think they're going to. I think they're an 8 and 4 team that should, in all honesty, be their basement every single year. That should be their floor. 8 and 4 should be their floor. But they've had a couple of seasons in the recent history where they go 6 and 6 or not even make a bowl game. And recruiting wise, like Coach Banstra mentioned before, they have not been able to keep the recruits in state like they've done in the past. So I honestly don't think they're going to be much better. And unless Coach Sarkeesian comes around, turns it around, I don't really think they're going to be all that better. Uh, So based on our uh, picks here, I think we have a consensus for Texas at about eight and four here. What does Vegas say for Texas?
3: Okay. Uh, it was eight. I
0: it believe. was eight.
2: Again, with an even number.
3: Yeah, eight. It was eight. Yeah. See, so we're, the,
0: we're very close. Yeah, we're pretty I mean, good at predicting that, apparently.
2: They're very good at backing out. Yeah. Whenever there's a new coach, there's what it looks like to me. So come on, Vegas. Grow a pair.
3: Come on. Remember how All we right. had a conversation about not to make certain people angry? Um, Vegas is one of the people I would classify in that statement there,
0: <laughs> Never been there, probably never will. All
3: okay. right. San.
0: All right, let's uh any any other comments on Texas before we put them to bed? Nope.
1: Go a line eye
0: has nothing to do with this conversation, Coach <laughs> Steve.
1: <laughs> right. You went on your Don't Texas you. fan rant, and I wanted to just bring Illinois in.
0: You had your Illinois rant when we talked about I the didn't big really
3: fans. rant. I got <laughs> to meet the coach. Hey, hey, Illinois could compete in this conference.
0: They probably could compete in this conference.
3: This is true.
0: All right. Next team we are going to talk about is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, and so they are coached by Mike Gundy. Probably the second longest tenured coach in this conference now. We, that might be a banister question to answer there. Um, so Oklahoma State, um, you know, they've done – have they had a losing season? When's the last losing season
3: Oklahoma State's had? Oh, God. It's I think been it a while. it have been like Mike Gundy's first year. Uh, give me a second. You keep talking, I'll figure it out. So it's been yeah. quite a
0: while, but there's a couple interesting games on this schedule for for Oklahoma State. Um, except for the first one, the first one's not very interesting. Uh, that's Missouri State. If our
3: M O is Missouri, right? That is Missouri State. Okay. First game uh, home versus Missouri State. Okay. Two thousand five was the last time they had a losing record, and that was Mike Gundy's first year after Les Miles left for LSU. Um, he went four and seven, and they've not had a season worse than seven and six since. I mean, the average is probably about eight or nine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, but if you go, by like, pre less miles, it is, um, yeah, not not great. There's a couple of years here and there where they're fine. But, like right, you have to go back to, like, Jimmy, hell, even Jimmy Johnson's tenure was not great at Oklahoma State. Like, yeah.
0: That's the picture of consistency right there. You can't ask for much better than that, as a coach.
3: Um, no, I mean he, he is he he. I mean he is kind of like what I said earlier with who on the last episode. Uh, he's like TC. It's TCU. It's just yeah. another, it's just a, no, TCU North is what this Pretty is. Much.
0: So okay, so we mentioned Missouri State their first game at home, then also at home versus Tulsa. I'm pre- They played Tulsa last year, correct? And yeah, I, game. Want to,
3: I want to say, did Tulsa beat them?
0: You Look that up for us there. Look look up their schedule for last year.
3: Amy, look that up.
0: At, uh, at Boise State, that'll be an interesting one, if Boise's any good anymore. Home versus Kansas State. Home versus Baylor. At Texas. At Iowa State. Home versus Kansas. At West Virginia. Home versus TCU. At Texas Tech. And home versus Oklahoma.
3: Um, they beat Tulsa 16-7, yeah. and I think that was – I want to say it was like Tulsa's like only loss, or like one or two losses. Uh, they went 8-3 and three last year. They lost to uh, Texas in overtime, Oklahoma badly, and TCU by seven. Yeah, And then they destroyed Baylor. They beat Miami in the bowl game. Uh, barely beat Kansas State. Barely beat Iowa State. Uh, destroyed Kansas, beat West Virginia, and squeaked out Tulsa by nine. Okay.
0: <laughs> Oklahoma State, picture of consistency, very successful program. Um, I still remember their – I think it was the Sugar Bowl. You might have to – either Sugar Bowl or Fiesta Bowl versus Stanford when Andrew Luck was the quarterback. I remember that game vividly. And they had like a 30-year-old quarterback. If you you guys, Weeden. Remember Brandon Weedon? Yes. All right, so.
1: 32 years old playing in college.
0: That was one of their best seasons that I've ever seen them have. I haven't really seen them have that type of success since then, um, but they are a successful program. I hate to say it. I'm not totally against Oklahoma State. I pretty much root for them whenever they're playing everybody else, except for Texas. Um. So I will go first here. I actually have Oklahoma state going eight and four this season. I have them going three and O to start the year beating Missouri state Tulsa. I have them also beating Boise. Um, if Boise was the Boise state of about 10 years ago, that might've been a different statement there. Um, but that's not the same Boise state anymore. I actually have them losing to Kansas state. I think they do trip up there. I have them beating Baylor. I think they lose to Texas again, but they do kind of – that's another one of those teams that Texas kind of bounces around. They um, either lose or, you know, win that game. I think they lose to Iowa State, beat Kansas, beat West Virginia, beat TCU, beat Texas Tech, and then another decent game versus Oklahoma at the end of the season. I'm glad – I'm kind of glad that game is at the end of the year again instead of in the middle of the season. It was weird having a bedlam. In the middle of the year, but I still think Oklahoma wins that game. Just too much power. So again, eight and four team, great, great team. Um, I really don't see anybody here picking them not to be very good. So let's go uh, real quick. Bennett picks them to be nine and three. The only teams he has them losing to are Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Uh, So I'm actually going to go with Coach Banstra first this time. Coach Banstra, what are your thoughts on Oklahoma State?
3: Um, I. I mean, I'm a big Mike Gundy fan. Um, Believe in the mullet. Um, A. B, I mean, I think, like I said, he's due for another really breakout season. He's, again, he's kind of like that Iowa model where they'll have two or three years of just, okay, they're solid, they're seven, eight, nine wins, and then you have that peak year, and that's kind of what I have them on right now. Um, Kind of, I mean, Let's just be honest. They're 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 I mean, Tulsa might give them a little bit of a run, but I know Tulsa's staff kind of got raided a little bit after they won. Boy State's on a new staff. I mean, there's no reason they should they, they could start, I mean, 6-0 before they play Iowa State. And then they they get they lucked out where TCU's not to week 10, so they should be rolling and they end the year with Oklahoma and they could probably play Oklahoma back to back weeks for the conference, depending on how – I can't remember how the Big 12 Conference Championship crap goes. Um, I will also say they have one of the best probably defensive uh, – one of probably the top ten defensive coordinators in the country, uh, Jim Knowles. Um, they've led, like – since they've hired Jim, they've led the, like – led or been the top ten country in, like, third down stops. Uh, they've been top ten in, like, turnovers. Um, and then a side note, I podcast with Coach Knowles. Uh, that debuts July 26th. So you can also see that on my channel, Um, but yeah, I mean that to me they're they're probably a ten and two um, program. Um, I had I had them. Oh, sorry, wait, ten two. Um, I mean they're kind of the outliers for me. Was uh, I just got kind of gave Texas Tech because it's it's always a weird game scoring wise. Um, I think Texas Tech's gonna be desperate, and then Oklahoma is just. uh, Oklahoma's got Mike Gundy's number that's just a, a fact um, but I mean they could go 10 to 11-1 I would not be shocked Like I don't disagree with Steve's pick there at all
0: um, Coach Heath what are your thoughts on Oklahoma State the other OSU
2: I knew he was going to say it I knew he was going <laughs> to say it but I'm a man I can take it so uh, anyway um, you know I like Oklahoma State I, I really, you know, I, I, I do. Um, and, you know, I'm torn between who really is belongs in that top four. Um, because I think Baylor, you know, I said before, Baylor's is on the rise. You know, in our last episode, you heard me say that if you didn't hear it, go and listen to it. Um, but you know, I think Tulsa is going to be able to, to get, get a win that to me, but that that's a toss up. Um, I got him at eight wins. That would take him to nine. The other toss-up is, like I said, it's against Baylor. Um, I just don't see him beating Iowa State, and I don't see him beating Oklahoma. But I do see anywhere from eight to ten wins for uh, for Oklahoma State. And I, and I love what they do consistently um, on offense. You know, Coach Banchers went and said, you know, defensively. Um, you know, I, I think that's really the key. Um, is are they going to be able to get some key stops in some of these games that are that are toss-ups because at that point yeah we're talking about them being at the tip top uh, depending how things play out you know possibly playing in a uh, in, in a championship game I, I'm, I'm very high on Oklahoma State
0: and coach Steve
1: Um I picked them to go 11 and one, and I had to like do a triple take of did I really just pick Oklahoma State to go 11 and one? Um, but like Coach Banstra said, uh, Coach Gundy always has had a team where they're, for me, be really good. Like if Illinois won six or seven games, I'm like, well, we're on top of the world. That's like a subpar season. And then they do really well. Um, and I like Coach Gundy. I, I've always kind of rooted for Oklahoma State like, or you kind of hope that they're that team that upsets Oklahoma. Um, but 11-1, maybe that's too much. You know, maybe it's 11-1 or 9-3, somewhere in there. Um, you know, having them, you know, I, the one I was worried about is the Tulsa or Boise State. Is that the one where they're going to slip up, but I have them winning there? K-State, if they're as good as, like, Coach you know, Bennett's having them out to be, then K-State would win there. Um, but I just – I couldn't go against Oklahoma State. Baylor is going to be – they have a tough schedule. Then they got Baylor. Baylor could win that game. That's going to be a good defensive coaches' minds going against each other. Um, then Texas, depending on what they've got going, do they have a grasp of the offense? Can Sarkeesian dial up stuff and all that? Um, I have them beating Iowa State. Uh, then they're going to be Kansas, Be West Virginia. TCU is going to be a tough game. And then I have them being Texas Tech because by then Texas Tech may have a completely new head coach. I have an interim head coach at that time, probably in free fall. Um, so I have 11 and 1. Now they could go 9 and 3, but that's still a really good season. But I think the top's 11 and 1. I would love for them to beat Oklahoma. I will be rooting for them to beat Oklahoma in that game. Every time I pick Oklahoma to win a game, I die a little on the inside. But. <laughs> That's just what it is. You got to be the man. You got to beat the man. And so, I hope the mullet will pull one out of there and, uh, against Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, eleven and one's their ceiling, and I think the bottom is about nine and three.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, that all makes sense. So, uh, based on the records, uh, also Coach Bennett has them going nine and three. I think I might have mentioned that before. Based on the records, if we ad- average them out probably a nine and three season. We could probably maybe talk 10 and two. Um, so consensus pick nine and three and, 10 and two or nine and a half. Do we want to go ahead and start doing halves now? No, no,
2: <laughs> no, not at all. I'm thinking but, nine and three. Yeah. Banser's already told me I'm not allowed to uh, talk bad about uh, people in a state out West because <laughs> it might come and come after me. So uh, I'll be nice.
3: You'll, you'll love this next number then.
0: <laughs>
2: Hit me with it.
3: Come oh, well, on, once we get there.
2: All right.
0: All right. Well, we're going to put the Oklahoma State Cowboys to rest, and we are going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you in part by Second Skull second skull is a protective headgear company focused on helping to keep athletes safe and to help keep athletes on the field participating in the sports that they love their products are patented tested and proven to reduce direct and rotational impacts to the head their technology is trusted by several athletic organizations and the united states military their pro cap is designed with the grant from the national football league this protective skull cap is the ultimate in thin lightweight and breathable protection The Pro Cap is comparable to other Skull Caps that do not offer such protection, measuring at just 2 millimeters thick and weighing less than 2.4 ounces. The Pro Cap improves protection for all players when worn under their helmet and is perfect for football, baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. Their Pro Band is designed in collaboration with professional players and clubs in Spain. This protective headband provides superior protection with an aesthetic and athletic look. The Pro Band has a unique five panel construction with a reinforced forehead panel to deliver a natural feel and ultimate ball control at just four millimeters thick and a weight of 1.4 ounces. The Pro Band provides protection for all players in non helmeted sports and activities and is ideal for soccer athletes. Listeners of the Armchair Coaching Podcast can go to secondskull.com and save 20% on any products purchased from that website with the discount code ARMCHAIR. That's A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R in all caps. This episode is brought to you in part by High and Tight Footballs. High and Tight Footballs are the world's only self-contained, pressure-measuring, multi-sensory, instant, audible feedback training footballs on the market. They have been used by NFL Hall of Fame players, NFL coaches, collegiate All-Americans, and players at all levels. Listeners the Armchair Coaching Podcast can actually receive a 10% discount on any Products purchased from High and Tight by using the discount link below in the description and by using the discount code ACP. Make sure you type in ACP at checkout to get a 10% discount on any items purchased from highandtight.com. I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Launchpad Kickoff T, for joining us here on the Armchair Coaching Podcast family. Coaches, are you looking for that competitive edge? but you might not be paying attention to the kickoff game. Well, this is the company for you. I'd like you to go check them out. I have one sitting right here in my hand. It's incredibly unique. It's got a very large surface area and incredibly flexible wings. And so what this does for you here, it gives you extreme flexibility with how you want to kick off. Do you want to use the patented forward lean Well, if you don't know what that is, go ahead and check out their website. You can do just about anything you want. You can dial up different types of squib kicks just with the different angles. You can literally do just about anything with this. And the nice thing is they send you this piece of paper here that goes with diagrams that show you all the different angles and techniques that they've discovered so far. And they are incredibly helpful on their website I highly recommend you check them out. If you're interested, do me a favor. I want you to go to launchpadkickofft.com slash ACP. Make sure you add the slash ACP. And if you're interested in buying one, if you go to this specific website, you can find the link, the, the link in the description below, you actually get a discount. You're going to get a 10% discount just from using the, the Armchair Coaching Podcast link. If you want to buy one, if you want to buy two, that's a savings of 25%. And if you buy three, you're actually going to get one for free, all right? So those are some huge deals that you're going to get there. So do us a huge favor. Check out our sponsor at Launchpad Kickoff tea Make sure that you go to the specific site, launchpadkickofftcom slash ACP. launchpadkickofftcom slash ACP on the kickoff it's not like all the other kickoff tees that you have it's incredibly unique all right we are back and we are going to finish off our top four of the big 12 and first we're going to talk about the oklahoma sooners uh, and this may or may not have been uh one of those examples coach Banstra, where you said you were uh, a little upset with the uh scheduling here they do play western carolina in their second game so We are going to talk Oklahoma. They did win the conference last year. Wait, they won the conference, correct? They won the championship game. Doesn't matter. Does it really matter? But, um, you know, they didn't go to the playoffs. They weren't quite good enough to go to the playoffs. And so um, we'll talk about the uh, records here. We all pretty much have them in double-digit wins, um, most likely being the top record in the conference Mainly because it's Oklahoma and a couple of us have three of us have them go 12 and oh, uh, only one of us has them going and losing two games. And so I'm going to actually start with you, Coach Banstra. How does Oklahoma lose two games with this schedule?
3: They always mess it up. They went they went 10 to last year or 11 and one or what the hell it was. They always find a way to lose to Kansas state, which is a fact and then, I, 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 as I said earlier on this, I said Texas just because he's got to find a way to win that game. That game is too important for him to not win that game. Now, is it likely they're going to lose two in a row? Very unlikely. Um, I will also say Vegas has them at 11 wins, so Vegas thinks they're going to lose one. They just won't say who. Um, statistically, yeah. I would say, that I mean, you're probably more realistically 11-1, and one, but my Texas one I think is kind of my stretch in the dark, like, eh. But, like, Kansas State I think is legitimate, Uh, and Bennett kind of agrees with me on that one, just historically. If they don't lose the Kansas State, it's going to be, like, Iowa State or something they shouldn't, like, lose. It's always somebody they should beat by four or five scores, and they just don't. It's usually the tough, gritty team. And, yes, I have a problem with their schedule, their schedule. Like, if Tulane would have just lost half their staff – I would think a little differently about that game. That would been a decent game. But West Carolina is a lower subdivision school. Nebraska has, no offense to Nebraska, but they haven't had been good since they were in the Big 12. So, like I said, no, that's not a tough start to your year at all. And then they'll play this whole schedule, and then they'll probably play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, again in the um, championship game. Okay. And and uh he just for future reference, that game should say at Texas. Yes, it's technically in Dallas. That's in Texas. You, that's not neutral. There's there, there's no neutral site about you could, I lived in Texas for six years. I don't care that whether that says Dallas or not. That is it's still in the state of Texas. Texas has home field advantage, which they can't use to their leverage ever, but that's besides the point. So no, I I what I mean worst case ten and two. Realistically, they're probably eleven and one.
0: Yeah. All right. So real quick before, because I forgot to mention this, their schedule is at Tulane. Is that true at Tulane? They go to Tulane. Oklahoma yeah. at Tulane. Wow. All uh, right. So they play at Tulane at home versus Western Carolina. Uh, at home versus Nebraska. Uh, which is a rival, well, you know, old school rivalry game from when Nebraska was in the big 12 at home versus West Virginia at Kansas state home. Well, at home or at Texas, let me rephrase that coach Banstra Uh, at home versus TCU at Kansas home versus Texas tech at Baylor home versus Iowa state at Oklahoma state. Uh, And so, you know, only and we look at Bennett Bennett's the only other team that has them actually losing a game and he has them losing to Kansas State which I think is uh, he he's very high on Kansas State this year and Kansas State has been a thorn in the side of Oklahoma this year but the rest of us coach Heath, coach Shepherd, and coach Steve all have them going 12 and0. Um, I'm gonna reserve my thoughts till later but uh, coach Heath your thoughts on Oklahoma?
2: Yeah, I've been waiting for this. So, you know, we can talk offense. We can talk defense. Uh, I'm going to drop something here. So, I was able to be around a guy, Gabe Burkick. Now he is the kicker for Oklahoma, and I think he's a difference maker. Um, simply because, offensively, you know, we talk about what Lincoln Riley does. I mean, he does some great things, um, but. The offense is going to stall. I mean, and I'll say this not – some bank in Oklahoma needs to go and grab Gabe Berkic because he is automatic. and to do a commercial where, like, the ATM, you know, people out there would get it. The bottom line is I think it's a it's a huge difference maker. Um, you know, some of these games, you know, and I know we don't we like to talk about the flashy stuff, but um, I think it's important. I think he's the best kicker in, you know, in the country. Uh, I think he, he actually, we talked about the uh, Kansas state game last year. I think he had a chance, um, you know, maybe to tie that game. I'd have to go back and, but I think he's a difference maker. And I think he's the reason why I feel comfortable saying Oklahoma goes 12 and out, because I think that they have a certain advantage. I think they're going to get points, um, you know, because that, I mean, I think it's a difference maker. I mean, it's not flashy. It's not sexy. It just isn't. But um, having a kid like that who has missed, I think, one extra point, um, you know, he's got a heck of a leg. He's probably going to be playing in the league. Uh, I think it makes a huge difference, especially in some of these toss-up games. And I I totally agree with Banstra. I understand that, you know, it's in Texas. it's, It's a home, really a home game for Texas, even though. You know, the schedule says different. It doesn't matter. Um, You know, that's going to be a tough game. But, you know, mark my word, you know, and people are laughing. Why is he talking about a kicker? He's going to be a difference maker in some of these games. Uh, You can take that to the bank. He's going to be a difference maker. And that's what makes me feel comfortable with saying that um, Oklahoma could pull a perfect season out.
0: Coach Steve?
1: um it pains me to put the 12 and 0 for oklahoma i do like lincoln riley we all know people want to run his offense they look at his offense what can they take and put in their offense you know it goes from him to gus it's gonna be coast carolina um spencer radler as their quarterback i'm not a fan of spencer radler um Watching him on under, QB under the lights on Netflix, you guys watch that and you'll see. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a douche. That's what you're going to come away from that is is that's what he is. Um, I wish I could root for Oklahoma all the time, but I don't. So just basically putting them at 12 and 0 hurts me, but I cannot deny how good they are. Um, Coach Banstra had told us before that the whole two line staff was gone, and he's I go off of what Coach Banstra tells us. He said they had a good staff. This was when we first started podcasting. If they were still there, I probably would have picked Tulane. Um, but since they, he had told us they all left, I'm like, I have to go by that. Oklahoma just winning. Um, Nebraska needs to come back to the Big 12. Um, they're scheduling West Carolina. Like They're just doing that so they can go 12-0. and 0. Um, They're going to beat West Virginia. Um, I will say this with Coach Bennett's point um, – I do think if a team is going to beat Oklahoma, it could be K-State because K-State could get to them or does get to them usually. But I don't see another team really beating them. Maybe, maybe Baylor or Oklahoma State can pull the upset. Um, But I do see them going 12-0. But I'm a big person – or I was big on saying never again let Oklahoma into that college football playoff. The times they have been in there where they could have maybe beat Georgia, that's the only time. Every other time they have, you know, screwed it up. Never again should you allow them to be in the college football playoff. They go 12-0, and win the Big 12, they will be put back into that playoff, and then they're going to screw it up again. They're going to play Alabama. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to play somebody that's going to beat them. And I don't want that to happen. But with this schedule – it's not out of the realm to say they go twelve and zero, and it pains me to say that, but it's with this e- this type of schedule, it will probably happen.
0: Yeah, uh, there. <laughs> this chat is killing me. <laughs> there's, there's not a game on here that Oklahoma can't win. Uh, there are multiple games that they could lose depending on if they improve or not. Uh, And I think, uh, man, it's going to come down to one major thing. And since I'm an offensive line guy, it's coming down to the offensive line. They have the best offensive line in the Big 12. They've always had the best offensive line in the Big 12. Um, And their offensive line coach, I was listening to him talk in a uh, really nice roundtable Zoom that Coach Timmerman uh, had going on. And so he did a really good job with that. And they were showing some film. And I was like, man, they're just really good. And you look at their offense, it looks complicated from an outside point of view. But if you look at the offensive line, it's all the same stuff. So they're even the Oklahoma, one of the best teams in the country is simplified to a point. Uh, and so I honestly, it's going to come down to the offensive line, how well they do it'll come down to how, how good that defense actually is, because let's, let's face it. You think Oklahoma, you don't think defense. Um, and so it's also going to come down to Spencer Rattler. And I know coach Steve doesn't like Spencer Rattler. Um, but you have to understand that he is the first long-term player that they've had at quarterback at Oklahoma in a while. Um, is one of the first that they recruited under Coach Riley, who stayed there and, you know, not a, another transfer that's coming in. Um, so we'll see if he improves. It'll actually show us whether or not uh, Coach Riley is good at coaching quarterbacks. Um, I'm not saying he's bad, <laughs> not at all. I mean, look at what's happened with the last couple quarterbacks we've been to Oklahoma. All three of them are in the NFL and probably going to start, all three of them. Um, so, that's going to be a big thing. I think they're going to go 12-0. I don't see Texas winning that game. I don't see Kansas State being able to beat them again this year. I think they're improved from last year. I think they're going to go to the playoff, like Coach Steve said. Um, and depending on who they get, if they get Alabama, they might lose that game. Uh, if they get someone else, they might make it close. It depends on what happens with the playoff this year. But I think they go 12-0. But based on overall consensus picks here, I think consensusly to be safe, we should probably give them an 11 and one record, say maybe they trip up at least once this season. Any objections to that?
2: No, I totally agree with that because you know when we talk about the top top four, to me there's there's some pretty good parity there among those teams. Uh, I think that there's an opportunity for you know, teams to slip up. It may actually come down to where I hate to use a wrestling analogy, but I mean, it's a Royal rumble between, you know, some, and we kind of talked about a dark horse that comes out of nowhere, tacks a loss on someone. And then someone decides to, you know, that they're going to show up and beat, um, you know, one of the top four. I mean, they could, you could end up with all kinds of weird scenarios here, but I think it's, it's highly likely that, um, you know, you could end up with three teams, maybe with a loss. I mean, it's weird. It's weird just to even even think that. You know, because there's some parity at the at the top in the Big Twelve, and with the, all the offense, sometimes you can just you throw out the defensive numbers because you know we have basketball scores coming out of the Big Twelve, which is crazy. But so I think I think eleven is where you got to set. It could it could be ten, but I think eleven for Oklahoma.
0: All right, so we're going to put the Oklahoma Sooners to bed for the moment because, based on our pick here, they are probably at least one. They are probably the one seed in the uh, conference championship game, and we have one more team to talk about. We're going to talk about the Iowa State Cyclones, and Coach Banster had to step aside for a moment, so we'll uh, probably leave his conversation towards the end here. So, Iowa State last year competed with Oklahoma for the conference championship and was not able to beat them. Uh, am I correct in saying Iowa State had a better record than Oklahoma last year? Anybody know that? Let me yeah,
2: look. I, I actually was looking. I think that they they had a better record, but they just didn't win the win the championship game. I mean, it was, it was a close game. But, um, you yeah, know, my understanding is they, uh, they had the better record. I believe they were the top. Uh,
1: nine and three? For Iowa State, yeah, nine and two for Oklahoma, okay, eight and one in the conference for Iowa State, six and two in the conference for Oklahoma.
0: Well, I know in their first game last year, they lost to Louisiana Lafayette 31 to 14, so that was a very interesting game early on. And then they went on to beat TCU, they actually beat Oklahoma in the first game that they played each other 37 to 30. Uh, beat Texas Tech, beat Oklahoma or lost to Oklahoma State, beat Kansas, beat Baylor, beat Kansas State, beat Texas, beat West Virginia, and then lost to Oklahoma in the championship game 27-21, and then they beat Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl 34-17. Um, and so this season, Iowa State uh, does not start off with Louisiana Lafayette, so they probably won't lose their first game. They played Northern Iowa. Um, however, I, if I remember correctly, Northern Iowa has been relatively tough in those games before, so you can't really count them out. Uh, then they play at home versus Iowa, which we will have a conversation about that game in a moment. Um, at UNLV, hey, these, te- these bigger teams are going to these smaller teams. That's great. Uh, at Baylor, at home versus Kansas, at Kansas State, home versus Oklahoma State, at West Virginia, home versus Texas. At Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, and at home versus TCU, and um, this is where I think the conversation is going to go a little interesting. Coach bancher I'm going to leave you towards the end <laughs> uh, because you are have them at the eight and four record. A couple of us have us have them in uh, double digit wins. A bunch of us have us have them at nine and three. Bennett has them at nine and three, um, and I'm actually going to go with uh, Coach Heath. You have them at eleven and one. So um, what are your thoughts on, you kind of, we kind of talked about it before. What are your thoughts on Iowa State this season?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just going to carry over from what I said earlier, which is, um, you know, it's that kind of the wrestling analogy is that right. Iowa State is, you know, that they're a good team. And I think that they're doing great things with the program, Um you got Iowa at home. I think that that's a big help. Um, and, you know, we've already talked about Iowa. Iowa is good. Let's not I get it twisted. They're probably the best or second best team in the Big Ten West. Uh, you know, they're doing some things, and there's high expectations there. Uh, we'll find, figure out what Iowa's about, but I think Iowa State wins that game somewhat because it's a home game. Um, you know, whenever I look through. <laughs> Again, it's it's this you know some of the parity at the top. Um, I have eleven and one, and you know I'm not really comfortable with eleven and one because I I just really I think that there's opportunities for Iowa State to to be more like a a nine and three or a a ten and two, Um, and again I just kind of gone with my formula here. That's what gets me uh, eleven and one, but. Um, you know I, I think that well, they're they're gonna have some games that they could easily easily trip up um, you know but I don't feel comfortable with 11 and one even though that's what that's what I have. Um, I, I don't know if they're the second best team in the big 12. We'll have to wait and see it, yeah. it really it's a it's a crazy thing I mean, And it's funny, you can go, it's funny, you can go through and pick these things. And the other thing I, you know, we'll maybe talk about it later is that if Iowa State is 11 and one, you have an undefeated Oklahoma that sets up a real crazy scenario. And I'd like to get into that. I'm not going to get into it now, but hopefully we can kind of talk a little bit about that and and revisit that because then potentially you've got two teams from this conference knocking on the, the door of the playoff committee. So hopefully we can get get to that a little bit later.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I am about <laughs> – Coach <Pinch. laughs> I am about a similar record here. I have them 10-2. I actually have them losing to Iowa. Um, I think we had that discussion when we talked about the Big Ten West. We were pretty much in consensus that we think this is going to be another one of those Iowa seasons where they make a really – Good push this year and win a bunch of games, and they're pretty good. Um, and so I think Iowa might win that game. I also have them losing to Oklahoma, but again, they beat Oklahoma in the regular season last year, so it's not uh, unheard of to see say that they could win that game, uh, going ten and two. But I, the other games, except for maybe you know, hey, if Texas improves, you know they might trip up against somebody like uh, you know Baylor another one of those teams so we'll see um coach steve your thoughts on the iowa state cyclones
1: um i have them going nine and three um i think we we talked about it before when we talked about the big 10 we brought up iowa state for just a brief moment it is hard to recruit there when you've got all those other schools there just where the location is um And I know I said another team up there. Are they going to be like them? I won't bring it up again. But you have to think about that when you're building a culture and you see one team take a step back. Are they going to take a step backwards? Um, I don't see them taking a huge step backwards because they are in the Big 12, but I don't know if they're going to do what they did last year. Um, But I do have them beating Northern Iowa. Now Coach Sheffer made a great point. That's a tough – they're a tough team, always have been. Um, So that will be a tough one. Um, I, I put them to beat Iowa. Um, now that one, I am very torn on. I had to talk myself into putting Iowa state. I will not be shocked at all if Iowa wins that game whatsoever. I had to talk myself into that one. And you know what? When we talked the big 10, I probably said, Iowa wins that game. And so each time I think about to be a little different, um, beating UNLV, um, I have Baylor beating them. I, I'm high on Baylor's head coach. Um, I have Iowa State beating Kansas. I have them beating Kansas State, even though Kansas State's going to run the ball, like Coach Bennett says. I, I still think Iowa State will play tough with that. Um, I have Oklahoma State beating Iowa State. Um, I think we're all kind of big on Oklahoma State. Um, I think Iowa State is going to play tougher than West Virginia. I think um, Texas, that's a toss-up game depending on how Texas is going to play. Um, but I have them beating Texas, beating Texas Tech, and then, again, I would love to see them beat Oklahoma, but I don't see them pulling that off this year. And then I have Iowa State beating TCU in a close game. That will be a very close, tough game to go 9-3. and three. Now, I honestly think it will probably be an 8-4. and four. I could see Iowa Iowa's going to be on a mission this year. And if they're locked in and don't overlook Iowa State, they're going to win that game. So, I say 8-4, and 9-3 and three, uh, this year, which is still pretty good for Iowa State. That is a tough place to recruit. It's a tough place to win. Uh, but 8-4, 9-3 is going to be a good ceiling for them.
0: And last but not least, Coach Banstra.
3: I have them losing to Iowa. Uh, who else did uh, – where was I? Iowa – uh, Oklahoma State, because I'm really high on Oklahoma State. Uh, I had texted up saying them because I think S- Sarkeesian is going to probably throw his kitchen sink at that, as we've talked before, and then they're not beating Oklahoma. So I'll, I'll, I'll be quick so but, uh, Heath here can go to his little fancy world where one more than one team just gets in the playoffs, more or less, too. Um, All right.
0: uh well if we look at it i actually just i calculated the average on my calculator to make sure we were correct here my calculator came out with nine wins on average based on our picks here you guys uh consistently okay with nine wins they might have any objections with a nine and three record yes (laughs) of course you do all right um so we will go with a nine and three record for now um, and when we come back, we're going to take a quick break from a message from our sponsors, but when we come back, we're going to have a discussion on who we think is going to make it and compete with Oklahoma for the conference championship, and we'll also talk about, a little bit more, we'll talk about the college football playoff. All right, welcome back. We are going to be uh, wrapping up this conversation on the Big 12. We have talked about the Big 12 Four within the Big 12, we said Texas, we consensus picked them, go to eight and four. Um, Oklahoma going 11 and one, probably making it to the conference championship game. And then Oklahoma State and Iowa State, we actually both have them at nine and three. Um, and so a little bit of conversation to be had here. Um, if you guys had to pick which team do you think is most likely to make it to the conference championship game to play Oklahoma? Is it going to be Oklahoma state or is it going to be Iowa state? What do you guys think?
2: I'll go first. I think it's, uh, I think it's Iowa state simply because of the the tie break. And I think that they're just a little bit, a little bit better. Um, of course, I, you know, I'm the guy who says that they're, they go 11 and one. So um, I'm going to stick with that. That that pick, I, I think that you know, I guess I'm the uh the the guy I, I just think that Iowa State is is better than the number that we've given and I think that they they are there.
0: Any other thoughts?
3: I mean I mean I, I picked Oklahoma, it's pretty much whoever wins that game. So like I picked Oklahoma State, but most of you picked Iowa State. It's whoever wins that game, um gets in. Steve?
1: I agree. It's going to be Oklahoma State or Iowa State who it wins. I hope it's Oklahoma State. I would like to see Oklahoma State go in there and upset them for that. But I think they play them at the last game of the year too. So that would be very interesting to see. Um, it, it's probably going to be Iowa State, but I would love to see it to be Oklahoma State. Maybe they lose to Oklahoma the first time and then they get another chance. That would be the but the but the, the awesome scenario for the mullet to, to to try to pull that off.
0: Yeah, we uh we all picked Oklahoma State and Iowa State to be nine and three, but um there coach Heath mentioned the tiebreaker a little bit there. We had three coaches pick Iowa State to win, and um two coaches pick Oklahoma State to win when they play each other. So, if Iowa State does win that game, they would have the most likely have the head to head best record for second place in the conference, putting them into the championship game. So, that would likely put based on what we have, Iowa State versus Oklahoma again for the second year in a row. Um, now, Iowa State with a nine and three record, do we think they have the talent to compete with Oklahoma in a conference championship game?
1: Not, not this year. Last yep. year, they, they almost had it. And then Oklahoma remembered who they were. And with an actual off season for all Oklahoma stuff, um, as much, I don't like Spencer Radler, just another year with that offense, Lincoln Riley tweaking some things. I don't see them. If Iowa state
2: got there to beat them. I, I think that again, I'm going to say it. Um, you know, I think it's a close game. I think it's a close game both times that, that those two two teams play, you know, I mean, during the regular season. And the funny thing is, if we're talking about Iowa State and Oklahoma, um, you know, game 11 on the schedule is at Oklahoma. And then you're talking about two weeks later, the possibility of, uh, of playing again. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think Iowa State is, is good, but I think the Oklahoma's is just a little bit better. I already went through. I'm not going to go over it again. I just think that, um, you know, there's just some talent in key key places on the roster where Lincoln Riley has the upper hand. He just does. I mean, and I think that, you know, then again, I'm talking about a team that I picked 12-0 and and... The team I picked eleven and one, and I'm going to stick with those with those picks because I believe in in those. And um, but does it change anything? No, I don't think it does. I don't think I think it's the same outcome, different year, same outcome.
0: Yeah. So consensus most likely Oklahoma is going to win that game, putting them at twelve and one at least from our predictions with a potential 13 and O record. Um, and again, a likely depending on what happens with the playoffs, uh, what happens with the other conferences. And we kind of had a conversation off air here. Um, if Oklahoma's at 13, and and0 that's a very compelling record, very compelling argument for them to be in the playoff again. But coach, as coach Steve said earlier, they, uh, definitely screwed those chances up the last couple of times they've been to the playoffs. So depending on what happens and who they get to play, um, do we think they have a shot in the playoff? Uh, again, I think this is kind of hard, hard conversation to have, because we don't know about the other teams yet. Um, you know, Alabama had a lot of guys get drafted, but again, they always recruit really well. They're always Alabama. Clemson had a lot of people leave. They're going to have a new quarterback, but they're going to be Clemson. Uh, you know, who else? Ohio State could go undefeated this year. Um, could be another SEC school. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of a consensus that Oklahoma may make it to the playoffs. Is That'd there a shot? Good. And we had this conversation a minute ago. There, there's someone out there picked two. I, I don't know if this is in jest. Or if it was a hit oh, no. pick, they picked. They said that two teams from the Big Twelve would make it to the to the playoff, um, and that no one was. It, what was the, the statement? They said no one from the SEC would make it.
2: No, uh, my hey, here's here's the. Well, let me paint the picture, if you will. Uh, I think, mean, and this is the only way that it happens. We kind of talked about this, so let me quickly paint this picture. The only way that that happens is if something goes catastrophically wrong in the SEC, and somehow, some way, Clemson, even though they win the ACC, uh, underwhelms uh, on the eye test. Somehow, some way, the ACC then doesn't see see Clemson getting in. That's the only way that that happens. So you talking about. Um, the SEC having something happen that is not going to happen. I don't know if it's statistically possible for um, for it to be that bad with the SEC. They'd have to have parity uh, unknown to mankind um, for that to happen. And then you'd have to have a down, very, very down year, very pedestrian year for, uh, for Clemson for there to be two teams in. The other thing is the scenario I just talked about. You know, you got Iowa State, Oklahoma, if those are your two teams and they go ahead and, um, you know, one of those teams is going to have a loss, then what happens if the one-loss team beats, beats the undefeated team? Guess what? You just canceled yourself out. So then who the winner of that game, is that who gets to go? Is there, do they cause greater confusion because they're, they're both one lost team? I mean, there's a whole lot of layers to this. Um, and you're right. We don't know. However, uh, to me, we know Bama is there. I know they lost a lot, but and we'll talk about that when we get to the SEC, but, I mean, there are some teams you know that are just going to be there. It's hard for me to to picture two teams getting in unless you have, again, catastrophic, something weird happens in the, uh, in the SEC, and then the ACC. Uh, I don't know what, you know. People, someone would rather take Clemson than, than the champions in a lot of, a lot of other uh, conferences.
3: I mean, that's, that's how I see it.
0: Coach Bansters, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 in the playoffs?
3: I, I mean, it's a miracle if they make get one team in. That's just statistically has been shown. I mean, as I said before we off screen, that's uh, perce- perception is reality. Whether, whether it's right or wrong is besides that point perception right now is the big 12 can't play defense and they're the fourth or fifth conference. That's just the perception. So you would have to have either a ACC or a big 10 winner. Who's got two or three losses is, is what you would legitimately have to have. Cause even a two or three loss sec teams getting in. That's just the perception of the conference because the, the argument be the conference is so tough. That's what it and the way the Big Twelve set up it doesn't work because everybody plays everybody, which is the problem. You need it more like the SEC where you only have two or three crossover games. That's the way. That's how you get multiple people in, and then you're ignoring the fact that okay, if somebody's bad, what what about the Pac-12? Or is this the year that finally the undefeated, non-whatever gets in, the Coastal Carolina or whoever? Like, I just don't think and, – and going back to the point, realistically, who's Clems – where are Clems's two or three losses going to be? Like, that's the other thing. Like, I get one. One can happen. That's fine. But who – I mean, your best shot's probably what, Miami? I'm guessing right now because I really don't know. Miami's probably your best shot, and I don't see Miami beating them twice. I mean, I get they're up and I get they're very confident how they're, how they feel based off their, how they feel about going to play in Bama. But um, that and the other thing is that the schedules don't follow up with it. Like you, you pull back up those um, non league schedules for both those teams, those aren't playoff schedules. They're not like, it's not like at least, you can We can talk all we want about some of these SEC teams playing Citadel and North Tennessee, Western, whatever, um, week 10. But Alabama opens up with the U to start the year. Ranked team versus ranked team. Ohio State plays a ranked team usually week two or week, week three every year. Pac, there's multiple Pac-12 teams usually meet like Auburn at some point or somebody like that, like – The ACC plays Notre Dame um, and so forth. Oklahoma had who? I don't even remember who the hell it was to start off the year.
0: Tulane, Western Carolina.
3: Yeah, there you go. Like, okay. Especially when you only get three non-conference games, one of them has to be a game. Like, it's not like the Big 12 or the SEC where you get, like, four of them and can kind of get away with some of that stuff. So, I don't think it's a, I mean, it would have to be like catastrophic, but I think at that point the coastal Carolina gets in first before you put two big 12 teams in. I think that's finally where they say, well, it sucks already. So why not just put them, put coastal Carolina in.
2: This is just more reason why, you know, there's the talk of of expansion and everything, and you know, because again, you know, we, go round and round simply because there's four spots to fill and the one thing that it does is it puts pressure on you know the people who make those those decisions to to expand um and the more that it gets talked about whether it's us whether it's the the big time media um it's more money all they, they don't hear talking heads, they hear cha-ching, cha ching, cha ching. That's really what this what this is setting up. Um, you know, the more that we talk about it, we just kinda you know get we're all sucked in because again, college football is great, you know, but um again, we talk about all these scenarios because there's only four spots. Only four spots to you know, take all these conferences and try to break everything down and Fellas, I don't know about you, but I'm even more excited now because when we start to analyze the ACC, we start to analyze, uh, you know, the Big Ten and some of these other conferences. I mean, we start to review what we talked about here. Now, later, uh, I mean, that's going to be a great episode just in itself. After we processed all these conferences and be able to, you know, break down the, the scenarios a little bit more. But you know, the bottom line was whenever it was on ESPN mentioned, um, you know, they went and of course took it to the guy I call the prophet of, uh, sec football, Paul Feinbaum. And you would have thought that someone said something about his mother, the way that he went off about it. It was, it was crazy. Uh, and I know that's kind of his personality and that's what he does. And he does defend that, that conference, but, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting that someone kind of threw that out there and, um, you know, I'm glad we got to kind of talk about it, because I think we talked about why that scenario doesn't happen. They can dream all they want to, as Coach Bancher said, fantasy lands, but the bottom line is,
3: you know, it's, it's not going to happen. The easy fix is expand to 16, eliminate the bowl games, get 10 at, ten. each conference gets one in, and then you have six at larges. That is the easy fix. And then depending on how many games your conference plays, it's how much money your conference gets. So, like, virtually every year the Sun Belt gets one-sixteenth of the pot, okay? Because most likely Sun Belt, MAC, or whoever the hell the other bad conference is that year gets 16th seed and they get to play Alabama in round one. And, well, that's just going to suck. Let's just be honest. But, hey, you just made your conference $60 million. Congratulations. Uh, which you now can divide evenly amongst 12 teams. Merry Christmas. Um, so... And then that way you're not your, – all your schools are losing money on um, tickets. There, I read a book. I, I forget what the hell it was called. I read it literally like it was in high school. So it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, and it, talked, it was back when the BCS was still around, and that was the plan. And it broke down how much money theoretically that could be made and how every conference would just profit off it because you're not losing money going to bowl games anymore. You can keep the main bowl site so those people are still happy and they're making their money. Because, I mean, now you have, what, 64 bowl games or whatever, what 40 or whatever the hell it is, and most schools lose money going to those. Just give us 16 teams. You can cut out one or two non – if you're worried about number of games, cut out one or two non-conference games. They, they don't, at that point, they don't really matter. Your, your goal is to win your conference or had probably the second-best record in your conference. So – I mean, that's how you fix that problem. Still better than the uh,
2: March Madness model, for the conferences anyway, because it, really the NCAA is cut out of out of most of this because of the way it's already set up. So that's even more lucrative for, yeah. uh, for, for them, which, which is great. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, college football is changing. Name, image, likeness isn't the only thing that's changing in, in college football. It's getting a lot of the talk, but um, you know, there's other things that are that are happening, and um, you know, I I can't wait for expansion because then, you know, we don't have a lot of the uh, clickbait, if you want to call it, even call it that, because you see that you know, no no lie, I mean I saw the, the headline, someone says two t- and I was like what, and I clicked it, and I'm just like I'm a fool for doing that, but that's driven by the fact that, you know, we have. Only have four spots.
0: Yep. Maybe we will have a discussion on, uh, you know, expansion another time. Uh, But we are running out of time here on our 2021 preview of the Big 12 conference in our episode number six. Uh, Stay tuned for future episodes where we talk about other conferences and we're going to have other discussions. And like Coach Heath said, I am excited to talk about the other conferences, see how they shake out. Uh, So for uh, Coach Bennett, who's not here, uh, Coach Steve, Coach Heath, and Coach Banstra, this is Coach Sheffer signing off.